0: If you jump in deep enough, you don't have time to be scared. Welcome podcast listeners to my very special guest. Today I'm in conversation with Lisa Mullen, who, get this, uh, actually writes... DNA for primary children, but she doesn't write DNA, that's ridiculous. She writes about DNA and teaches DNA to primary children. That'd be quite cool if you could write DNA, wouldn't it? It would be fantastic.
1: Well, that's what they're trying to do. They have actually done some. They've created some synthetic DNA and they're writing their own DNA. So it is actually a thing. Unfortunately, I'm not
0: involved in it. (laughs) I, I mean, I kind of, when... When you were recommended as a guest, I was quite excited. And and you've done the most amazing things. And I know this conversation could go in all kinds of different directions. And I want us to focus on midlife, but I would be doing everyone a disservice if we didn't dive a bit into what you do and and how you do it and how you got into it. Because if anyone should look at your CV, it's a little bit intimidating. You could so easily go, oh yeah, must be easy for her. I wish. <laughs>
1: I wish. Uh, yeah. yeah, so I think I don't I don't know. I've kind of so when I was little I wanted to be a vet. So when I was six I decided a vet was the thing I was going to be and I was going to be that right up until I messed up my A levels at seventeen. So um which was a bit of a shock um and and obviously then you're kind of scouting around so i went into biochemistry and biochemistry seems to be full of failed vets and medics there's an awful lot of it yeah there's an awful because it's in fact it's the thing that the doctors should study and don't so whenever i meet doctors and i say i have a phd in biochemistry and they say oh yeah we did two terms of that and i didn't like it but that's see that's the thing so doctors learn about all these things but because they're they're limited in what they actually do in their studies um, as regards how the things work within the body. So if you're a pharmacist, you have to do more. Um, And, um, you know, obviously it it becomes more, or I'll prescribe this pill because, you know, I've prescribed it for a hundred people and it's fine or something else. But without the deep dive into the biochemistry, I think we're all doing ourselves a bit of a disservice. So yeah, lots of failed vets and medics in biochemistry. Um, so I did my degree, uh, so I did half of it in Preston in Lancashire and the other half in Germany, in Nuremberg. Um, and then I uh, went back to Germany to work and I worked in pharmaceutical market research, which um, I'm not a big fan of the pharma companies, more because of the vivisection than anything else. No. Um, and um, But this was... Um, more you know they had the drug we like do focus groups and and questionnaires and design all of those kind of things and i did that for quite a while and then decided i want to get back into proper science <laughs> um and do my phd and i applied to the gene center in munich um to do that however um i lived in bavaria um which is the the bottom most um county if you like in germany so it's the one that borders austria and switzerland absolutely absolutely beautiful um and um, I love it, I loved it there but they're quite snobby about their education um, and to the point where certain Germans who've done A-levels in certain other parts of Germany aren't allowed into their universities without sitting in entrance. exam oh, wow. so it's not just me um, and that was fine but I had a British bachelor's degree at the time and they weren't prepared to accept that um, so uh, to go straight on and do a PhD So I decided instead of, um, they suggested I redo my entire degree, which I I wasn't that up for, funnily enough. um, So I started looking back in this country um, and ended up going to the University of Edinburgh to do my PhD, um, three years biochemistry. And then I started work on the genome campus in Cambridge, which is where they sequenced a third of the human genome. So for, which is, so it's amazing it took 15 years and three billion pounds or something ridiculous and now you can do it in a few hours for less than a grand
0: wow.
1: it's amazing and what they did I mean we are so lucky to have the welcome trust in this country it's the I think it's the biggest privately owned charity and it happens to be for science so I, I for me personally I think it's fantastic um, and um and in fact they've funded now there's a national stem center um specifically to get science back into primary schools um and they fund an awful lot of of that 45 million pounds worth of funding has come from them uh, so is that what inspired you the the getting science back into primary school what what inspired you to do that so no so i think ultimately so when i was young I bought a book and it was like how to make DNA models and things and I'm talking you know 14, 15, 16 young and I remember looking at so there's the chemicals that make up DNA there's four main ones and they're called nucleotides and um, there's four of them and they had the picture of these nucleotides in this book and uh, I just thought they look like people (laughs) and that was then and over the years everything I've done I've thought I really want to do this I, I think you know, primary kids, because it's like kids are so brilliant at learning stuff. They're absolutely fantastic at learning stuff. And in fact, if you look at the learning trajectories, it drops off about five, and then it drops off again about 11. So by the time they go to secondary school, that's it, their main peak of learning is over. And um, and in fact, um, Sir Robert Winston, um, he does a lot of work with this. I mean, he works um, at one of the colleges in London, and, and he has effectively said it doesn't matter what you teach them or what you don't teach them but if they haven't got it by the end of primary you're
0: facing an uphill struggle you know this could so go in a different direction but <sighs> but I see i have a theory about that that i i work with my clients and i and i think it's because when we're when we're small like from yeah birth yeah through to the point where teachers and parents and everyone start trying to teach them to read books and, yeah, yeah. and understand logic and processes and systems yeah. the way we learn is through our senses so the sensory processing of information which is faster and the conscious brain doesn't get this it doesn't get you know the conscious brain needs to know B follows A, C follows yeah, B yeah, yeah but the, the part of the brain that processes sensory information doesn't think like that. To me, that, that's like chaos theory. That's like, oh, uh, I get that this random bit over here connects with that random bit over there. And it's very fast and so they don't have to think about it because the, the subconscious part of the brain is, is doing the work for them. So they don't have to think too much. They are relying on their brain to match patterns
1: of information. I think, yeah, um, and, I, but, and I think also the rest of the stuff is man-made. If you look at it. Yeah. So, you know, what do we need to survive? We need to find enough food, we need to find enough water, we need to avoid being eaten by something. Yeah. You know, and ideally shelter as well, because our puny little bodies aren't aren't designed to cope yeah. without shelter. So those are the things that if you like are instinctual and actually hardwired in. Communication at some degree is also hardwired in because we're a social animal. And we're also a hierarchical animal which means there's one at the top lots at the bottom kind of pyramid effect thing um so at some point social communication is also hardwired in and you know you see plenty of animals that don't talk as as we would necessarily say ants for example you know they create massive social um colonies bees the same you know also dolphins all all of these animals are social and you see how they interact with each other. And yes, they have sounds and they have movements, so they they talk, but obviously not using the same sort of words that we do. Um, There's a genetic reason for that too. Um, But but we've developed this massive system of language and communication. So our communication, you could potentially argue is slightly more nuanced, but what's interesting is the nuances come from our body language, mm-hmm. they don't come from the words we speak because it's so easy to say words but if they're not backed up by actions they mean nothing and um, you know and actually what our body language is saying you know everybody knows the the eye thing you know if you look left you're actually recalling something if you look right you're making it up or vice versa I can't remember but mm-hmm. you know one of those ways and uh, there's actually uh, now YouTube videos um, on body language so um, um, there's four experts and I can't for the life of me remember what it's called four experts and they just look at what they say in interviews mm-hmm. um, and they've taken the Prince Andrew interview as one good case in point what they say in interviews and What their body language is actually saying Mm. and uh, so i think that these man-made things are the ones that we set such a store by yeah and obviously we also send our kids to school far too young so Mm. may you know and when they're not when they're not ready to sit down shut up and have all this stuff funneled in Mm. some are Mm. but very few are and um you know and the whole maturity that goes with it um and so i write my stuff i tell stories i write it all in story i don't say this is this and this is this and there's plenty of books you can get on dna that tell you what the nucleotides are called and and how, how what the double helix looks like and who discovered it and all of that kind of thing i don't do that i go into the body with my biochemistry the story is told from a dna point of view and so you get all the biochemistry but as a kind of collection of characters you know as a scene as a, an act in a play and I do it that way on purpose because I think the story is easier you always learn things better from a story than you um, do from something yeah else. we always
0: have yeah, yeah and exactly. again it's that sensory input because if we the that's right more half of the story the more we can put ourselves in the story as we yeah. as we hear it or read it yeah yeah and when we put ourselves in it then we're feeling it and then that's, that's right yeah cool. exactly yeah. that's yeah. exactly
1: right yeah, yeah. So, um, so that's really why I do it so yes yeah, so sorry from the percolation of all oh, these things look like people right through and I had several goes and several you know different things I did over the years you know whilst working and, and, and what have you and it was then when my kids were little I thought right if I'm ever gonna do it I'm gonna do it now and i started off um doing my uh, Dinky Migos adventures which were rhyming books for preschool so i wanted to start with preschool mm-hmm. and move up um and they were very abstract they didn't even mention dna or anything it was more just the flow of the science and what have you um and but i got an awful lot of parents wanting to know what it was about right. so yeah, i i it upsets me a little bit because you can read a julia donaldson the gruffalo yeah. you know and and you accept it's about a mouse, you know, trying to scare off a monster. Yeah. My stuff is about four little characters, you know, doing things and having adventures. I yeah. don't, you know, but people needed to know more. And that was, I almost yeah. released it without mentioning the DNA. And I really wish I had done. So I thought, right, I'm going to have to move up to upper primary which mm. is where I was going and which is why I did my Genetics for Kids books um, and continue to do them and I'm slowly going back now to preschool um, and, and doing something else so I want to create a system if you like it for, for that whole sort of journey so by the time they get to secondary school it's within their comfort zone and they can choose to take it or leave it Yeah. depending because it's going to be such a big thing for the future Mm. um and and you know and you see the education and you know sadly in swindon i know it's had a very bad rap with the education um and it's not necessarily the teachers per se but you know the whole um there's you know some of the demographic some of the um the you know the lack of ambition not not from anybody in particular and I know people have cited the fact we don't have a university but you know I I lived in Cambridge for a long long time all the science is there all the startup companies are there there's an awful lot of um you know um non-British that come work there you know and and it's just there's just more I don't know. I don't even know how to say it, and I certainly don't want to say it without sounding rude. Because you know, I don't want to be rude. I love Swindon, and and uh, but but I don't know. There's just more aspiration somehow.
0: Mm. Yes. I, I think, yeah. That's interesting. Um, I mean, you wouldn't be the first thing to say something rude about Swindon. Let's be honest. <laughs> well, um, no, but you know, it doesn't deserve all of it. I think. No, You're no. Like, I, I have found pockets since I. Been a little more acquainted with it um, for anyone that you know. People might think in Swindon because I've never mentioned Swindon before. Um, so I spend some time in Swindon, and I always used to go, "No, don't let me go there. Don't make me go there. I don't want yeah. going. Just drive through. Just drive through." Yeah. <laughs> yes. um, but actually, there are pockets of it that are quite lovely, and um, and some of it is quite better designed than you can see when you drive through it. Yes. Yeah. Um, but I understand exactly what you're saying about it's almost like a town that that. That lacks ambition, but that's not always a bad thing. There's something quite familial about Swindon, and it can tip the wrong way. But I think it's a community that's quite a small town. Yeah, it, but it I think in town. terms
1: yeah, but in terms of children's opportunities,
0: yeah, you know,
1: I I'm I'm of the belief you should give them as many opportunities as you possibly can if they don't choose to take them at the end of the day that's absolutely fine but i I think for the sake of a little bit of effort and a little bit of time
0: yeah
1: i think it's you know and this is as i say dna is not a hard thing to grasp you know what the basics i don't think is 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 that hard and if you present it in an age-appropriate way that's it you know and kids can choose to take it or leave it yeah you know, I'm not asking for an exam in it or anything, but just it's just everything, isn't it? You know, if you count with your child before they go to school, then they'll find numbers a lot easier. If you, you know, if you're terrified of spiders, chances are they will be too. It's just the kind of what you expose them to, isn't it, really?
0: Yeah, it is. Yeah. Wow. sorry, oh. that's well off topic, wasn't it? <laughs> no, no, no. Well, we can be off topic anyway. But I, I, I mean, I think perhaps we should do another one about DNA sometime but what I'm interested in because I'm sure you're blowing people's minds just a bit yeah I know you, to you it's ordinary and I get what you're saying and you're teaching it to kids and I get how they don't because they haven't yet been programmed to go yeah oh, that must be hard you know yeah <laughs> Like right. like us yeah. um, but what I really want to come into is is the whole midlife thing and how yeah. that's played out for you and yeah so just are you have to share a little bit of, of what, course yes. your experience and yes I am so,
1: opinions? yeah yep yeah. so we can start so basically I think we can start pregnant with my first child so she was born in December so I worked in Cambridge up until November and then I came here um, and had her at the Great Western and um, and uh, yeah and obviously for the first five years I was quite happy being a mum. I gave up my career on purpose even though when I was working there people were saying have I come back after a year and I thought no I want to do the whole breastfeeding thing, I want to do the whole cloth nappy thing, I want to be there for my children, I want to do the whole you know mothering thing and uh, it was fine for about the first five years and then you suddenly realise that your life has descended into mum. So remind us though how old you were when you had her? I was 35
0: yeah okay. so I
1: had done obviously I'd done my degree I'd lived in Germany for several years I'd done my PhD I'd worked um you know on the genome campus I was teaching I was flying all around the world yeah. teaching people yeah and I'd gone from all of that to um you know literally my home and within yeah. a couple of yeah. miles you yeah. know, pushing prams cleaning up sick wiping bottoms you know, yeah making food yeah um and And everybody just takes you for granted. I think that is just the life of a mother. And it's always assumed, I think, certainly by my generation, maybe not so much now. I see my nephew now and his wife really makes him do an awful lot more. Mm. Um, But I thought, you know, my husband's going out to work and earning the money, I'll do the work in the home. And before you have a child, you don't quite realize how much work it is. Mm. Um, So, you think well that's okay I can do the home and the child and which is what everybody tries to do mm. and it really unless you have some kind of tick that means that everything has to be clean and you can't rest until it's clean and you somehow do juggle. And I have some sister-in-laws like that, and I wish sometimes they could bottle some of what they had and pass it on to me. Um, It's incredibly difficult. So, And you try and do it, and you don't notice because you're so tired and you've got lots of things to do. And and you start coming out of that... um, And look around you and everything you thought you knew and you thought you were you're not anymore Mm. Mm. and nobody appreciates you you know you your confidence is gone I remember when I was working listening to all these access courses you know adverts for access courses for mothers and you know to gain confidence and I used to think what on earth how can they have lost confidence Mm. and but it it does and you do so um, so obviously these these ideas were percolating, and I tried various things and my sister in law is an illustr well, an artist um so she drew some things for me originally and you know and but it takes years to do and obviously you're just getting in ten minutes here and fifteen minutes there and and all the rest of it and then then you think right, okay, when the second one goes to nursery i'll you know that's when i'll I'll do it and and you you don't realize you think oh gosh they're gone from you know half eight in the morning till half two that's ages but mm. it really isn't you mm, know? No. It, no. it really isn't because of course in that time you're also trying to pack in the washing and cooking for the evening and, and all the rest of the stuff and um yeah so I think that was hard and then I started this writing the books and and what I found hard is marketing the books because mm. they don't tell you, you know, the amount of people, and it's true, you speak to any new author, they write the book, they pop it on Amazon and expect <laughs> hordes of people to come. Why, I don't know. So, um, <laughs> one of the um, guys that I uh, follow, and, and he, he kind of says, um, you write your book, magic unicorn, fame and riches. And when yeah. you put it like that, you think, how can anybody be so stupid? But, no. but they are. Yeah. So. So I wasn't getting anything back from um, from the book writing either at the time because I had to learn about marketing, mm. and and so obviously your already wavering confidence plummets even more. Mm. You know, your husband doesn't really understand what you're doing. He's tired. Your kids, mm-hmm. obviously, you're just mum. They're not interested. Mm. So you know, and then and then of course you think you're just getting on track, and then the menopause piles right in. Um, <laughs> the, am I allowed to talk about this kind of stuff? Yeah, oh, please do! Oh, uh, that's okay, excellent. I'm quite open about all of these things. So I've had, I had endometriosis all my life so I've had all sorts of gynaecological problems anyway mm. and obviously um, you know once a month, well it wasn't once a month for me, it was most of the month, yeah, yeah, and um, you know, combined with all—I mean, pains that actually, I had pains so bad that when I actually had appendicitis, I thought it was a period pain. Oh my goodness! So oh my goodness. <laughs> that kind of gives you an idea of what yeah. I've struggled with over the years. Um, so. Then obviously they started to lessen and disappear, and I was absolutely delighted. Yeah. But nobody prepares you for the the hormonal trauma you're going to go through. Mm-hmm. So I had, um, I like to say, I had a year of depression where I cried on absolutely everybody's shoulder, and I would walk the streets just in absolute floods of tears. Um, then I had a year of paranoia, which was just horrible because you just think, oh my God, what have I done? I've put these kids into the world. They've got my genetics, I'm a terrible person. This is just a disaster. And then I had a year of fancying everything that moved. I think that was obviously my ovaries last ditch attempt to, uh, to breed before I um, I finally lost my eggs. Um, and then I had another year of depression, um, which- nice. I Yes, which I kind of, i I was kind of prepared for this time i think so i don't think it hit me quite as hard because i knew what was happening and um and since then actually which was probably about mm, may last year Mm. i've been on pretty much an even keel good which is is amazing i mean not entirely and i still know i still have a monthly although i don't bleed anymore i have a monthly i can tell i have a week where really just don't mm. rather not get out of bed and if you have to get out of bed you know you don't want to do anything yeah which again is really hard when you're working for yourself because yeah. there's only you to motivate yourself yeah and um so that's been hard so i think looking back i think I probably tried started the book thing at completely the wrong time hormonally. Yeah, certainly in my life, and I think I've probably struggled more because of
0: that. Have you also not to make the, make it even worse? But have you also found that uh, as you've moved to the sort of mid the real midlife number, you know, that's now yeah. much higher than it used to be? Yeah, that you've had that or that additional thing of. Oh shit, now now the cur- now we're down going down the hill, not up the hill. And I don't just mean that downhill as in physically, I mean in terms of numbers.
1: Yeah. No, no. Oh, okay. enough, I have never been I've never been one for counting calories and I've never been one for being bothered about my age. The only thing that bothers me about my age sometimes is um I talk a lot, as you've now known, and, and I don't have as much of a filter as a lot of people and and sometimes when when you've got some kind of suave 30 year old you know doing the whole business thing and there's me blurting out you know unrefined speech which is probably why i write because you can sit down and refine it in the edit (laughs) um but um and i do think gosh i'm nearly 50 what on earth how on earth can you know can this be and so i think in comparison sometimes i think and I think that comes from you know when you're young and you think 20s really old and 30s and, yeah, yeah. and and when you're young you'll be really mature be and you'll know all the answers and and I think that's what it comes from and every now and again I catch myself and think how have I got to this age and I still don't know all the answers or I still yeah. don't know what to say or you know and in that or I've you know completely messed up that social situation or yeah like but I don't think of it in terms of oh, I'm nearly 50, that's it, my life over. And I think part of that, so when I was 43, so my grandma died at 86. So when I was 43, I thought that's half my life. That's only half my life. Yeah. So I've got another half to go, hopefully. Yeah. Unless obviously, I kind of, you know, fall into dementia at 70, in which case somebody is, is perfectly allowed to shoot me. Um, but that's what I thought. So I thought when I got to 43, I thought that's actually only half my life, and look what I've done in that half. Yeah. Um, and and I think with what I've chosen to do, which is write books and teach, it's not really got a best before date on it. No. As long as I can still you know actively write books that people want to read Mm. and and you know teach people in a way that they want to understand and and get educated from then I don't have a date stamp you know I'm not I'm not a BBC news anchor where you know once I start getting the wrinkles I'm gonna get siphoned off into the back office or Mm. Um, you know, or something. Sorry, that was libelous against BBC, wasn't it? I take that back. Other channels are available. Other media channel. Exactly. Other other channels are available. So, um, but but you know, so and there are certain things. Or you know, or even my my previous job, which was flying all over the place. You know, I mean, when you're doing China one week, uh, Portugal the next, and then Iran. You know, the ne- It kind the jet lag kind of catches up with you a little bit. And, and again, I think that's a younger person's game more than, you know, the older you get, you have to. Uh, well, I mean, I do genetics, so so I know. But But, you know, you have to appreciate that you're going to be slower than, you know, somebody 20 years younger, because actually that's what your body is doing anyway. You can't help it. And, and and you know and plus obviously I've had children so baby brain kicks in I was told when I was pregnant it never quite goes away and I, I think I agree with that because your brain is full of children things and not necessarily your things um, so so I don't look at it like that I, I mean I look at it sometimes on a maturity level um, and think gosh I should be old mature and wise at this stage and I'm not And. Um, and but I don't look at it as a kind of, oh my God, I'm nearly this age. It's all downhill from here. So although my cousin's been telling me that since I was twenty one, so maybe I'm immune. <laughs> so your parents are they still both around? My dad isn't. My dad died seven years ago, um when he was seventy two, which is no age really. No, um no. and my mum is now seventy six and she's yep, she's still absolutely fine.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. and um uh, yeah. Yes. Because I, I the reason I asked the question about the, the do you feel that the hill is on the downside? Yeah. I think perhaps I was thinking about myself I was thinking about me. It doesn't <laughs> he doesn't? <laughs> <laughs> um because my mother got de- well, not serious dementia, but you know, she she had a stroke, yeah. Yeah. she's in a care home, she's much older than than your mother. Yeah. Um yeah and other things kicked in around that and so for me when I went through the midlife and I didn't know I was in menopause I don't know sounds like you did I had no idea yeah you know like I just thought this is shit like what's going on with my life like (laughs) yeah why is it all
1: falling apart all of a sudden yeah. yeah
0: and you know why does everybody seem to think I'm completely stupid because I'm not? And, and all, yeah. you know, it wasn't just, I did lack the confidence and I did lose everything you said, you know, double whammy, have kids, lose yeah. career, suddenly valueless yeah. person, how could you yeah. have exactly. anything, yeah. any value to anybody? And then they wonder why there's no women on the boards of companies and all the rest I of I know, because that. we must be completely stupid. Yeah. Um, and then you get that point that I now realise was menopausal of, of all these things crowding in, increasing anxiety levels. Yeah, yeah. And, and forgetfulness is a natural symptom of that. Yeah. Because your brain just Yeah, yeah, go. can't cope. That's right, yeah, exactly. But I started connecting that with, oh, my goodness, you know, because I had the additional stress of a mother going... Oh, of course, yes, so, yeah, yeah. And then and then I started thinking, oh God, is this early onset dementia? Is this, you know? And then there's another yeah. worry thread. That's right, it panics you even more, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So that then made me even more anxiety driven about, oh shit, is this my? Life? Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's all right. It's your is podcast. this my life? You know. Yeah. And and it it was just like I was standing under this vast spotlight, and and I didn't know what the lines were. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Knew what role I was playing, and yeah. yeah, knew I wanted to do something monumental. But, but, yeah, but, but well, did, I, did you work through that? We did you? Are you employed or self-employed? On did you work through all of that? No, interestingly, like you. I didn't do anything as impressive as work on the genome project. You know, I think that's actually quite an impressive claim to fame. You could <laughs> work well, that on the <laughs> I don't know, I worked on the, on the teachingy bits. I didn't actually physically do the, the, the things. So. Um, but, yeah, through my 20s, uh, I had what I perceived as quite a high-flying career. I did what I wanted. I became a director. And it was all very exciting and I was very, you know, busy. And then I had my son. And it coincided. I didn't deliberately stop work completely, but it coincided with the another, like now we've had so many recessions, like who remembers which one was which, but um, a big recession and my agents went out of business. And then, and then I'm at home with the child. Yeah. So, so it started then and I never, Although well, I did go back to work. It was kind of a series of but I think that's a double whammy because if your business
1: fails for whatever reason, and I feel so sorry now for the people that have, uh, have had to go into liquidation because of COVID. yeah. And, you know, it, it doesn't matter what reason it is, you see it as a failure, yeah. whereas a bloke, yeah. not all blokes but a bloke would tend more to brush it off go oh well never mind move on to yeah. the next thing yeah um you know and and I've seen enough marketing people now it's a numbers game it's a mi- it's a mindset change and it is a mindset yeah. change completely yeah but I think you know as a, as a woman we're not taught this you know we're. we're it, it comes to us differently and maybe that's a you know maybe that's a, a nature thing as well as a nurture thing I don't know but but that and also again yeah exactly if you've had your child and all of a sudden all you're good for is wiping bottoms and pureeing banana then how could you possibly
0: run an agency how could you have any value and suddenly you're expected to do mindless part-time work because that's somehow your value has just fallen through the floor I can still do that stuff. I know you said like you slow down, but y- you can still do that yeah. stuff. Yeah, no, oh, definitely. Oh, yeah, I'm not
1: saying you don't, you know, <laughs> but but that's the thing. And But I think, and then, but you don't do it for a while and then you question yourself. Oh, yes, yes. You know? But everyone else is questioning you too. and then Yes, that's- exactly. It, yeah, exactly. Because, and I think anybody who's self-aware, if everybody else is questioning you, then yeah. you have to question yourself because yeah. you think, well, if you know, if everybody else says it's a duck, yeah, yeah. then surely it is a duck. You know Why? Why, yeah. why would it be, a, you know, a swan? You know, yeah. and I and I think that's a kind of peer pressure thing as well. You know that that you question yourself. You know, and especially you know, if your own family, your own husband is is you know and a lot of it is tiredness too a lot of it is just everybody is just so tired they want everything to go away and sleep
0: yeah yeah but when you said about your own husband i think that's the other thing that you you highlighted um and maybe you felt this because you're busy doing this amazing thing like creating a way for young children to access something monumental that could transform their lives completely in the future yeah like it's a big big thing but hmm, it's not selling, I'm not making any money. So actually, yeah. then other people, it's like then you, then you the self-doubt gets even bigger because you think this is yeah. just a hobby, isn't it? Yeah, this exactly. This is just an expensive yeah. hobby. Yeah. And, and, and that's and, the other thing, and I've done stuff not, not like that, but I think, no, oh, no, I'm trying to make a difference here. I'm trying to, and and when I get it, when you get that connection with whoever it is you're helping, and in your case it's black yeah. people, um, you know, no, I am making a difference.
1: yeah, I exactly am making exactly. a
0: difference.
1: But I think again, blokes, and you know it's a logical thing. I mean, my my husband um writes software for a living, so he's very, very logical. You know and he equates it to pounds and pence. Yeah. so when he works and again you know this goes back to blokes asking for pay rises and women not and all the rest of it you know his his you know his logic is i do 40 hours a week for this company this company is making x amount of money off the back of some of my work therefore my yeah. percentage should be x and yeah. that's how he thinks about it yeah. whereas he was seeing me sit there for hours and hours and hours create these things yeah. and then go well actually on my wage you should be earning and you're not obviously there's something wrong with it and and I think that's the other thing it's the way you think about it you know and but you know and and what you're doing and I think I think women are much more inclined to equate the cash obviously everybody needs cash you can't live on fresh air but with what else it's doing you Mm -hmm. know so so they'd rather take take a hit on the money if you know there was something else or you know I'm um, not everybody again not, you know it's not everybody thinks that way but I think you know there's a lot more if you look at the voluntary sector there's a lot more women in it than, than there are men look at the teaching sector even there's an awful lot more women because the workload is actually I know it's condensed a little bit more because of the summer holidays um, and it depends then on the teacher as to, to whether they work those summer holidays and weekends and things but you know the hours per you know if you if you divided your salary certainly if you're a newly qualified teacher when everything's new and you spend the first couple of years just really paddling frantically to keep your head above water if you divided the hours you put in by the salary you get
0: mm. you'd probably be less than minimum wage I know you're right you know you're right. but and and whilst you're right that we are slightly more willing to trade that but i but i think we get forced to be willing to trade yes i think to a certain degree we do yes yeah because because we're more willing to to sort of fold a bit when someone says oh i'm not going to pay you anymore and we go "Oh, all right then because it's got the right hours or it's got the right parts that we yeah
1: yeah but it doesn't. That feed back into you've had the child. Whatever you were before, you can put aside. Yes. You are now. You know how many people do teaching assistant work because it fits in with the summer holidays yeah. and
0: the kids. You know,
1: yeah. and I, my kids will come to me and say, "Well, this is Daddy's house."
0: <gasps>
1: you know. Yeah, well, exactly. And it's like, but actually, I think you'll find if I wasn't here looking after you, Daddy wouldn't be working, because he'd have to look after you. Yeah. You know, and, and they don't get that. And fair enough, why should they? You know, that's an adult decision to make. Mm. But, but it, it doesn't help when even your own kids are going,
0: uh, you know, I'm
1: sorry, what do you do again?
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh goodness oh I feel like um we uh, well I could start so I could always talk for hours and um I so much more I know we've learned from you and and I hope that it's been really helpful for other people to just to, because as I said right at the beginning like on paper you look at your what you've achieved and it and people can so easily go oh it's easy for her and you've demonstrated yeah quite brilliant it's not and no it's not easy for you it you're having just the same I th- you know what doubts. but I
1: look at other people and say the same thing oh it must be easy for them what? they seem to be you know or their house is immaculate and they're yeah. doing this and they're doing that. it must be really easy for them and, and then you know your own struggles and you have to think well hang on a minute mm-hmm. if it's hard for me surely it's hard for them too yeah. you know yeah. And, and I think certain things are, you know, we, we are designed to be good at this or good at that or good at this. So I have an extremely good recall for numbers and names, but mm. rubbish for faces and uh, decor and all of that kind of thing. So if I have a, a room that's a mess, it's really hard for me to tidy it up. Once it's tidy, yeah. I'm like, yes, that's how I want it to be. But it's really hard for me to have because I don't have the visual vision for that whereas somebody else would have you know so i think also we 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 play to our strengths don't we but i think everybody is struggling with something one
0: aspect of life at least that's true that's true but you just oh god you just opened up another because the other thing is i think that's the other thing that women particularly tend to do is it's not enough to be good at one thing (laughs) yes and maybe that does come from motherhood. I don't know. Of oh, because it's the only job in the world where anyone can do it with no qualifications, no training, nothing. Whether they're good at it or not good at it, that's yeah. it. They've got it, and yeah, that's yeah, it. yeah. Ends there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy um, to come
1: on again and talk
0: more. <laughs> oh, please do. Please do. I've check it. with your listeners first. They don't want to frighten anyone off. <laughs> thank you so much and um i look forward to hearing more about your book and oh and please share the link send send me the link so people can access it okay and children grandchildren whoever.
1: Cool. yeah brilliant okay thank you very much okay thank you lovely to talk to you thank you too.